host, Annie Randall, and this is a safe space for real talk regarding all things Jesus, mental health, and of course, your relationship with food. Welcome back to the first season of Triad Warriors, the podcast. We are talking about the Enneagram and food. With us today, we have one of my past nutrition clients, Marina Lopez. This is going to be a great episode. First off, Marina is just awesome. And we always have the best conversations. In addition, we're both Enneagram threes. So there is a lot that we can relate on when it comes to food and fitness. That said, Marina is a high school Spanish teacher and a cross country and track coach. She was also once a college athlete herself and has continued running into her adult life. Marina is an extremely hardworking woman and she has put a lot of time and effort into building a healthy relationship with food and fitness. I'm very much looking forward to the insights that she will have to share with all of you today. But before we get started, is there anything that you would like to say to the listeners, Marina? Yes, I, you just like spoke glowingly of me. And also I have to speak glowingly of you. You're literally oh, one of the best so uh, <laughs> uh, nutritional therapists out there. And, you know, oh. meeting you via social media was probably one of the best thing that's happened to me too so oh, thank yeah. you for this opportunity and for listeners like um I hope they're staying healthy as healthy as they possibly can yeah. during these times too yeah definitely well I really enjoyed working with you Marina I was so happy when that first after that first phone call we had and it was just like this girl's ready to go and yeah it was a, definitely a great experience yeah well thank you yeah <laughs> great you too Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and get started then. Uh, As I previously said, Marina is an Enneagram type three. Enneagram type threes are known by a multitude of names, including the achiever and the performer. Enneagram type threes are also described as adaptable, driven, and goal-oriented in their behaviors. Pretty much everything I just explained about Marina. Um, The core desire of an Enneagram type three is to feel valuable and worthwhile whereas the core fear is of being worthless. I'm an Enneagram 3, so I personally have a lot to say on this topic, but this episode's not about me. Uh, there's plenty of other, other episodes about me. <laughs> um, so Marina, before we get into your relationship with food, I'd like to give you a chance to describe your experiences with living in the world as a type 3. So again, not the food piece of things, but how would you describe your experiences as an Enneagram type 3? I think one of the things that type threes that's very innate for us is like we're overthinkers by nature and um, we very much yeah. worry about making sure that everything that we, I think it's people pleasing to that everyone mm-hmm. is satisfied with what we yeah. do mm-hmm. and um, it drags into you where like you don't know how to disconnect sometimes with things where it's like you go home and instead mm-hmm. of like disconnecting you're like okay how could I have done something better? So it's something Mm -hmm. that sticks with you. You're always used to discipline, not discipline per se, but like, it Mm -hmm. almost feels that things have to have a purpose or a motive. Mm -hmm. Um, Things can't just be the way that they are. So I feel like that's something that as a type three, that just the overthinking, it follows me everywhere I go. It it has Mm -hmm. followed me in the past, I guess, everywhere that I've gone. 
Yeah, definitely. And that's one of those like double-edged sword type of things where it's like, Mm -hmm. that's what makes you successful and driven and like able to do all of these awesome things in the world. But then there's the other side of it where you're overthinking it, taking work home with you, not able to turn off your brain and just kind of always trying to approve and never being fully satisfied. Am I right? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's a lot that can feel very overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Cause it just feels like no matter, um, how hard you, you think like you could be doing something well and in your mm-hmm. eyes it's going well, but it's like, you also need the feedback of you did everything you could. And it's like, yeah, you have to hear it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You need the external validation. Like the internals, not enough. You're like, was that right? Was that good? Yes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then that definitely pulls into other aspects of life, uh, especially what we're talking about today with food. Mm -hmm. Um, And we worked, like I said, together for about a year and a half. Um, Your relationship with food made a complete turnaround. Um, So impressed with how much work and dedication you put into the program and really just like building that healthier relationship with food. Honestly, everything you just explained was probably part of the reason why you were able to put in so much hard work because you were dedicated to improving that. Um, Mm -hmm. But how would you describe your relationship with food maybe a few years ago before we had worked together? So I think before we, we had worked together and I remember, you know, as I was filling out like the, um, your new client, like questionnaire and Mm -hmm. and getting Mm -hmm. to know, you know, our, 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 um, our Enneagrams, uh, type. One of the things that I always remembered is like me talking to you about how I felt like things had to be controlled or mm-hmm. I was, I would tell, I remember our, even in our initial conversations, I was like, I've been tracking this much. I've been doing, yeah. I, I need to do less fats or more protein or like more mm-hmm. car, less carbs or um, it felt really systemic. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and there were times and I remember you, you really um, uh, were the pinnacle of me, like, finally understanding that nutrition is important. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to share this cause, cause it happened to me, but there would be days where I would like go probably not eating for like six or seven hours throughout the day. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I wouldn't prioritize eating. Cause I was yeah. like, eventually I can get to that, but I need to get my daily, my other daily tasks done. And yeah. I would put nutrition, which honestly, you know, through, um, being a part of triad warriors, it, it makes you realize you have to eat to fully function and not only to nourish yourself, but, or to function, but also to feel well, like yourself, mm-hmm. um, yeah. or your mood, anything, it really depends on food. But mm-hmm. I would say I was pretty much, I remember I had these conversations with you that I would go home after a long track meet and just like grab a bag of chips and say, all right, this will do well. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll figure tomorrow out tomorrow. But mm-hmm. um, that's where I feel like I was so focused on everything else that I kind of lost and, and, and the systems that I had in place for mm-hmm. everything else that I kind of, that, that, that whenever it came to food, I thought, well, either I track, track heavily, or mm-hmm. I don't eat for an entire day and, or, and I'll eat at some point. So yeah, I feel like my, as controlled as the other aspects of my life were like mm-hmm. with food, I felt that it, it was either it was hot or cold days. I mean, mm-hmm. and by hot, yeah. I guess what I considered hot was I'm tracking and my cold mm-hmm. days were I'll eat at some point of the day. Yeah. Yeah. It was like all or nothing. And I remember that that was one of the first things we really focused on was just 
eating consistently throughout the day. Cause like you said, you'd get so hungry cause you're not eating for seven, eight hours. And then you get to the end of the day and you're like, I just need to eat something in whatever's in front of me. And those often weren't the choices that are going to make your body feel the best. And then you weren't mm-hmm. able to feel the best throughout the day. Cause you weren't eating either. And it was just, yeah, like you said, one, one side or the other side tracking or nothing at all. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people fall into that pattern. Uh, I think, especially in today's world with just the focus on perfectionism, when it comes to eating and the good mm-hmm. foods, bad foods and all of those things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good versus bad. It always like pops up too. Like mm-hmm. it used to be something that used to pop up for me a lot, but now it's like, obviously not, but Yeah. Yeah. It used to, it, you remember it was always like, this is good. This is bad. That, that, mm-hmm. that was, a, those were the kind of conversations you and I were having. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then once we got kind of over that, we got um, to have a lot more in-depth kind of conversations about relationship with food. Uh, and that's where a lot of that transformation, once you let go of that good and bad philosophy with food, once you let go of that, like black and white idea, so many other shifts were able to happen. Yes, yeah. I agree. And your running improved a lot at that point too. It did. Yeah. yeah. I think um, you and I talked about it. It was a, well, this was a time where, you know, I wasn't, you know, running, running competitively or anything, mm-hmm. but I think we went down where, where we were, we were both impressed. I remember, I think I sent you a screenshot, a, a picture of it or something where <laughs> it was like a four minute drop from my 5k oh, yeah. time and yeah. I was like oh, I, all I had to do was eat throughout the day what yeah. I was like, <laughs> <a state> of <laughs> shock. <laughs> made a huge difference because your body actually had the fuel to be running <laughs> I know I was like yeah. huh I should have been eating <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you got to that point so that was good and this mm-hmm. kind of ties into the next question um Enneagram threes are extremely goal-orientated goal oriented and achievement focused, as you and I both know. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely know this is true in my own life. Consequently, food often becomes that means to achieve a goal for type threes. Uh, so can you think of a time in your life where you used food to achieve a goal, whether that maybe was an athletic goal or a physique goal? And then what was that experience like for you? You know, it's interesting that, you know, you and I talk about it because and, and I always mention like how, or at least I want to make mention of how like our, like my, the, the like our relationship kind of started like as like as a client at you as my trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to you very specifically with like, this is what I want my body to look like. This mm-hmm. is what it used to look like 15 yeah. years ago. And mm-hmm. um, I wasn't thinking about, you know, realistically that the other, the bigger picture, but I remember- mm-hmm me telling you, you know, I want to look toned, whatever tone mm-hmm. means, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very vague. What the, the things that I was telling you, like, um, I want to be able to, I think I even told you like, um, squat, I don't know how many pounds it was yeah, that I told I you, remember, but it was, yeah. it was just a lot of very jumbled ideas of, mm-hmm. I wanted to look a certain way that I had looked like, you know, 15 years ago. And it wasn't even, I think now that, that I look back, um, that experience, it's, I think in it, now that I can reflect on it, it's, it's, there's trauma to it, I think. And you and I talked about, you know, my experiences as, as an athlete too, and us being told, especially the, I mean, anyone that's a, uh, was, or is a, still running competitively, like 
Mm-hmm. You might hear the comments of, you know, you need to be yeah. this thin to run these times or, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, your thighs are too big or anything co- comments yeah. that huge amount of pressure. Yeah. Huge amount of pressure. Um, and, and, you know, and I wasn't even like a division one athlete, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just one of those where like, I feel that the experience was like bringing memories of me wanting to look a certain way be a certain mm-hmm. type, but mm-hmm looking back at the experience as even like at the, at, at the college level, it was like, that wasn't a positive experience for yeah. me. You know, those physicals yeah. that I had, were they, what were they even now? Like, like when mm-hmm. we had gone through this, um, when gone through this process of really getting, di- digging deep into it is like, mm-hmm. well, why is it that what makes me want to look a certain way, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I think like trauma is the first thing I think about, but I also think about like, also like, like, releasing that like letting it go in a way mm-hmm. like I always think of like um well obviously frozen also let it go but like you kind of have to <laughs> you have to learn to like just like um let things go and and now not like per se like your 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 goals but mm-hmm. or your like goals for um your wellness and, and mm-hmm. your health and what you love to do but me mm-hmm. realizing what is it that I liked about running it was the actual running part yeah. the part where like yeah I enjoyed being out there running and doing it healthily. You know, once mm-hmm. I started eating better and I think, I don't think I know, like you've been, you've been a big part of this. Mm-hmm. I realized that what made running enjoyable for me was that I was just able to, to just run. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't a chore anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, yeah. for me, it was, it was difficult going through the process, like digging deep and realizing, you know, yes, like, I don't even know what toned means. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like, I mean, I'm pretty much like considered in shape, but so I don't know exactly what it is mm-hmm. that I was even looking yeah. for, but it was just one of those where I was like, maybe I was seeking maybe again, as a type three, some kind of perfection that it's kind yeah. of like abstract. Yeah. Like an external validation with cultural Mm -hmm. pressures. And then the pressures you went through in college of having to look a certain way and the things that coaches said to you, like that sticks in your mind. Mm -hmm. And when you don't look that way anymore, you think something's wrong with you and you need to get back to that. And just ending like as a top level athlete at like that level in college and then ending that, that in itself can be a really difficult transition of like, mm-hmm. I'm no longer an athlete. Like who am I? And your body changes. Cause you're not running at that level anymore, doing that sport at that level. And there is this like grieving process that you have, like you kind mm-hmm. of said, letting go of that body type and grieving, maybe the things that felt like it was positive about that and grieving that like, okay, my body's not that body anymore and that's okay. But also mm-hmm. not glamorizing um, what that body type was. Cause like you said, looking back at it, you were miserable in that uh, body. And like, once you were able to start eating enough um, and accepting where you are at now, you felt a lot better. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's crazy how, um, you know, we, we often look at food as trying to achieve a goal. Um, and so usually people restrict food in this culture as like trying to lose weight or do X, Y, and Z or get quote tone, which is the word that lots of people throw around. Uh, but in reality, eating more, especially when it comes to an athletic goal is what's going to help you achieve that goal a lot better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. 
Now, I know that we did a little bit of macro tracking when we were working together. Mostly we worked towards phasing out of that. Like that's kind Mm -hmm. of where we started. And we eventually got you to that place of intuitive eating, which was the ultimate goal. And we are so excited about that. Um, I also know you've tracked your intake and have tried a multitude of other diets in the past as well. Um, So being on the other side of tracking now, in what ways would you say that tracking and restrictive dieting has impacted your relationship with food? You know, I think it's honestly, Annie, and and it's, it it took a while. I think it took us like a year to get here, but it was to the point where like for a type three, if anyone like is a type three, like tracking and that restricted dieting, it's so detrimental to us. Like, because Mm -hmm. we're already systemic people. Um, Mm -hmm. we're already task like goal oriented and we're, Mm -hmm. and we're, already thinking about making sure everything is to a T Mm -hmm. that doing something like tracking becomes something where it's like, you're not even enjoying food. Like you're not even eating. And and then one thing I noticed as we were phasing out tracking is like, wait a minute, like I've been eating the same meals throughout the day as I was when I was tracking. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and honestly, like, I mean, I'm a type three. So my, my, my food, the types of food that I like are pretty, I like the same, like seven foods. So it's not <laughs> like I'm going to go venture off and like do something new out That's of the blue too. one yeah. of these days. It's like, it's like, I but like oatmeal today. I'm not going to change my mind and hate it yeah. tomorrow. Like, yeah. eat that every day. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was one of it, it's, it's one of those, like now that I haven't tracked, um, I might be wrong. It's almost like a year and a half of not tracking, probably longer, but um, I haven't tracked in, in a very long That's amount awesome. of time. And right now it's, I think I'm at a point in my life where like, I know what I want to eat. Mm-hmm. I know that I need to eat because I, those hunger cues are so much better now. And it's just that part where like when I was tracking, it just felt like a chore. It yeah, felt yeah. like if I don't hit this, number of calories or, or, or I don't hit my macro or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It, I, it wasn't a good day eating. Yeah. So it, yeah. it almost became like all, instead of eating, being nourishment and getting me mm-hmm. to actually like feel happy that I ate, it became a chore and mm-hmm. it became something that sometimes it, it wasn't enjoyable. It was just like, mm-hmm. man, I didn't, I didn't get those 20 extra grams of protein that I needed, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's just for a type three, it's just extremely Mm -hmm. not good for our mental sanity, like at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It makes food really tedious. And like you said, another task or another chore or something else that you're trying to achieve in your life. Um, cause we're definitely drawn towards that tendency of being like, Oh, I didn't, hit my goals. So I failed today. And then we feel bad about ourselves because of that. And I remember, um, in the survey I had sent you out before, uh, we recorded this, uh, Mm -hmm. you, I had asked you a question about food, looking at food as fuel and, um, food as pleasure. And you had explained how before you would look at like food as like complete, like completely fuel and be detached from the pleasure side of things. Can you expand Mm -hmm. on that a little bit? Yes. I think part of it too, Annie, when, when I was like looking at it through what, even when I explained to you, we were talking Mm -hmm. earlier about the hot versus cold thing, Mm -hmm. you, 
it became just like, especially those days where, you know, anybody who is any female out there is a track coach, you know, like mm-hmm. you can go, like, you're just not even eating. You're just there on at, like you're at the track meet and, or coaching any sport. You're not worried about eating. So mm-hmm. it became detached to me because it was just like, well, I got to eat something. And it just, yeah. I ate something. I didn't even care what I, I was eating. And I wasn't truly, I never really got the uh, the opportunity to sit down and say, this was a good meal for me. Like, yeah, I really liked eating. Yeah. And when we started tracking, like where I know that the goal was Marina, just eat throughout the day, like, please. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you, please eat something. It became one of those where like, I still wasn't enjoying food because it mm-hmm. was like, like, like I mentioned earlier, I was just so worried about hitting the macro that it wasn't yeah. really truly enjoying food. And, yeah. and that first, I think the first month and a half when you and I, when you gave me the special challenge of not tracking and mm-hmm. I was kind of not appeased with it. Cause I was like, you did not like tracking? me. That I, 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 I was, I was not a fan for like, like two weeks, but then I was like, <laughs> I understand the purpose. Um, it made me realize, you know what, like what I, what I'm eating has not changed and I'm actually sitting down and enjoying a meal. And then I started mm-hmm. doing the other things were like, and I, I shared this with you, I think during one of our, um, one of our um, check-ins that I was like, I didn't even have my phone on me anymore when I was eating. This is when I stopped yeah. tracking. It was things mm-hmm. that like intuitively I was starting to do where it was like, yeah. I don't have my phone right now. I'm going to eat. And it was like, it became something where I enjoyed it. And I realized honestly it takes it takes a while after you stop tracking to to understand mm-hmm. that the foods that I like haven't changed I love vegetables I love my mm-hmm. rice I love beans mm-hmm. I love all my all those things all those things that hasn't mm-hmm. changed but I'm actually to sit down da- I'm actually able to sit down and make decisions that I couldn't make before where it was mm-hmm. like I'm going to eat without a phone or like, I'm actually going to yeah. sit down and eat instead of standing up and figuring out if I find something in a vending machine. Yeah. So that was where I think the detachment piece was at where it was like, I wasn't really worried about, um, how I felt about eating mm-hmm. where my yeah. emotions weren't even there. And I wasn't thinking about this being mm-hmm. like my, my, my brain and myself being like in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're very, like you said, detached from your body, detached from your emotions, um, and just the experience of food and really your phone, the tracking apps, those things were controlling your decisions versus what you actually wanted to eat in the moment. Or even, even if you are eating the same things now, like you weren't actually experiencing them or enjoying them, which food's supposed to be pleasurable. So yeah. It is. We have 10,000 taste buds for a reason. <laughs> we do. Even yeah. though we like the same seven, I like the same seven foods. Yeah. Like it tastes different every day. I promise that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm totally the same. Uh, I was talking about this with someone else that like, um, I can eat the same thing every day. Adam cannot. So like, he's brought a lot more variety into my eating, but I'm like you <laughs> definitely same things. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. I like what I like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Creature of habit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also as humans, we are often our own worst critics. Uh, we often lack 
compassion for ourselves and sometimes are unable to um, accept our own mistakes. Consequently, this can, this like lack of compassion can play out in a variety of different ways. Some individuals become perfectionistic. Um, others believe they have no worth. So how do you think the standards that you set for your eating patterns relate to the standards that you set for yourself? And then also, how do you judge yourself when you don't meet those standards? So I think that the biggest thing when I was kind of going through um, and again, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, even, you know, two years ago when, <laughs> when you and I really started this journey, my standards, it's not that they were unrealistic. It was like, it was that they were set by, well, let's be honest, like social media, you know, <laughs> that they were set by that's how that runner looks. I want to <laughs> look that way. Yeah. You know? and, um, I would judge a lot of my decisions based on, well, I'm not meeting what that, Instagram runner is meeting who mm -hmm. has like this perfect stride um, mm -hmm. and you know, whatever it was. Yeah. So I think I was setting standards where my, it, where I was like wanting my performance goals to look that way, where I was more mm -hmm. focused on these are the kind of workouts I need to be doing for, for me to look that way. But mm -hmm. I really was not worried about taking care, honestly, of of my, of my mental health or my emotions mm -hmm. or of like really sitting down and realize and, and, and coming to the realization that you, I've had a long day mm -hmm. and I didn't eat throughout the day. What you know, it, I never reflected yeah. on that, uh, on that kind yeah. of thing. So I think that like, when I wasn't meeting the standards of, you know, hitting times, it was like, mm -hmm. well, I messed up something with a workout. It was yeah. never, I never reflected on food. I never reflected mm -hmm. on, did I eat throughout the day? Did I even like, um, honestly, like consume enough to be able to run? Mm -hmm. Cause you know, when, when you, and I had early on talked, it was like, I was always dealing with my IT bands or like glute issues yeah. and <laughs> it's All the been a year and a half and none of that anymore, knock on wood, That's but good. like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those where like, I was just so worried about everything else. And like, mm -hmm the images attached to what a runner looks like mm -hmm. that I was really thinking it must be something with the workout without realizing that I wasn't fueling properly. I wasn't eating mm -hmm. enough throughout the day to sustain myself. And sometimes it, it does lead to you, you know, being not uh, being unhappy, you know, yeah. being unhappy with, with yourself really. Cause it's not mm -hmm. even people. It's just like you internalize things and you're mm -hmm. like, well, I messed up somewhere Mm -hmm. but not realizing that it was a lot of it, not listening to my hunger signals. I remember yeah. vividly one of the questions that you asked on, on the, on the client uh, surveys was always like, these are some of the hunger cues. And I was like, Oh, so that's why I was like, like <laughs> headed for like 15 minutes. I was hungry. Um, so <laughs> that things sense. like that. I feel, it's just, it was just things that I feel that I, I became so accustomed to ignoring the eating part that I, mm -hmm. everything I attributed to, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something mm -hmm. wrong with these workouts. So I think, um, now I'm, I obviously see myself differently, but back in the day, I think I was in denial and mm -hmm. thinking that I had to eat less to achieve mm -hmm. fitness goals mm -hmm. yeah. and that, you know, I had to eat healthy. But then when, when, when you look at eating healthy and all that, it's like, 
we all make decisions throughout the day and your body tells you what it wants throughout the day. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, I mean, even like today at work, we had, um, it was like 11 o'clock and I was, um, covering lunches. I was, <laughs> and, and I remember one thing that it just, it literally clicked. I was like, man, I'm hungry. And I just went to the cafeteria, grabbed a salad and That's like so ate. Good. Yeah. And felt, it was a really good salad. They had dates at school today. I was oh, like, what? I was like, fancy. dates at school? I was yeah. like, that was, I was a little surprised. Um, so at, at a public school too, but it was great. Yeah. Um, so I, I added some dates onto it, nuts and, uh, and, and what I wanted. And then I realized those hunger, now that I'm, you know, that we're talking about it, it was like, I'm able to fuel throughout the day. You know, I got mm-hmm. a run in and it was probably one of my better runs in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, was, and this is something that two years ago I wasn't doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was all the workout. I -hmm. did something wrong there, never truly reflecting or sitting Mm -hmm. down and realizing and listening to my hunger Mm -hmm. signals. Yeah. Yeah. You had like these really high standards for yourself with running that you wanted to meet. And at the same time, you had really high standards for your body to meet those goals, but you were disconnected from the whole nourishing side of food. And Mm -hmm. so when you didn't meet those standards, you judged yourself and were like, I messed up somewhere. I'm doing something wrong. I'm failing at something. I got to eat less or do more workouts, which just becomes this vicious cycle. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's so great that now, like you said today, you just were like, I'm hungry. You felt a hunger signal and you went up and you got something. And that's honestly like a huge Testament for how in tune you are with your body now, because that's a huge thing with type threes is we're very out of tune with like our emotions in our body. (laughs) Like we just try to put those on a shelf and be like, I'll deal with those later. And then later (laughs) never comes. (laughs) And then you just have this big, this shelf full of emotions that just kind of topple topple and then you just want to add more to it be like what <laughs> yeah. else can fit in there <laughs> yeah just keep shelving all this like oh i can't do more yeah. of that I yeah <laughs> yeah but now you're having the ability to kind of think through those things uh a mm-hmm. little bit sooner and not putting them on a shelf and being like oh maybe i didn't fuel my body like maybe i am feeling hungry or i'm just not feeling like a workout today uh which mm-hmm. is so great that's awesome. Yeah. And I think now that you mentioned the workout piece too, I think, um, that one of the things that has improved is like, for example, I, I, uh, I've been going to, I've been doing this Pilates mashup class, which is like Pilates is insane already as is, um, mm-hmm. there's like a lot to do. And it was just one of those things too. Like, even when your body doesn't feel a workout, you recover mm-hmm. so much better when you sit down and you don't think about, well, I have to work out tomorrow. I have to keep doing this every single day. Like mm-hmm. listening to your body that that's something I've done better too. Cause like it, it was an hour of like this really insane Pilates class. And then like, I was like sore mm-hmm. for like a day. And in the past for me, be like, well, I got to work out the next yeah. day too. But that's, I was like, I got to rest. Like I'm, my muscles are sore and yeah. uh, I am also like, hungry so yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Bar and yogurt I need everything right now and it's like yeah. but it That's felt so good great. to like you know after even after a workout like it's I know immediately and and, and I'll listen like okay like um my muscles are gonna be sore they're mm-hmm. gonna want to be pampered with some kind of food so mm-hmm. 
I brought food for my muscles and for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And you're able to listen to your body and be like, I need to rest instead of pushing through soreness and all of that. Uh, that's so great. I'm yeah. so happy hearing that because it's been a while since we've talked too. So this yeah. is, this is really good for me too, to hear this update about how things are going. Like yeah, very proud of you. I know it, but try it warriors. I'm a believer. You know it. <laughs> you're you're a fan I am a fan yes I am <laughs> well we're a fan I'm a fan of YouTube so <laughs> um cool so as we've also discussed many of times food is a big part of your family and your culture mm-hmm. at the same time we've also discussed your I mean in this call your experiences with food as fuel so can how you ex- can you explain how these cultural factors have influenced your relationship with food and the ways in which your type 3 personality has potentially clashed with those roles of food in your family so it's it, it's good that I, and we talked about this so much I remember in the <laughs> beginning I told you um I would say things like my family's so unhealthy or like, you know, they don't yeah. track, they don't do these, that they, all they eat oil is the main ingredient. I yeah. would just say really <laughs> jumbled things about my entire like family's cuisine, which um, I apologize to them. Uh, but it's like, <laughs> I would say things like this because it was just normal for me as a type three that again, I was just used to eat. I would just eat the same things over and over. Mm-hmm. So even like, you know, family get togethers would be tough, especially at when I was like running a lot more in college. Cause it was like, I can't eat that. Cause like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, we're going to have a loaded week. I really just need to stick with the steamed rice and like mm-hmm. chicken and the, and, and the veggies. And I can't mm-hmm. do that because it's going to be bad for me. I can't enjoy this dessert. So it was mm-hmm. really, and, and, and Latin, the, the Latino, Latino, or, you know, Latinx, uh, uh, mm-hmm culture is very culinary heavy like Mm -hmm. I love rice and beans so that's one thing that my family and I have always liked but Mm -hmm. I've always liked what I liked and that's all I ate and it would I would restrict myself from certain things because I thought it would impact negatively my running performance Mm -hmm. realizing that sometimes those moments with family where especially for um for uh Latina like mothers or you know women for, for mm-hmm. us, for, for Latinas, like uh, cooking is, is, is like your love for your family. It really yeah. is like it's yeah. a certain demonstration of love and, mm-hmm. you know, a family member denying that, which is, that's what I would, I, I was kind of a brat. I would do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it hurts. It, 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 yeah. it, it would hurt, you know, it, it, it hurts for, you know, you know, for my mother or for my aunt mm-hmm. or for whomever, mm-hmm. like it's, it's yeah. those moments that you're like that, I would miss out on moments like that because I was so worried about mm-hmm. what, you know, two weeks of running mileage would look like, or, mm-hmm. you know, th- now that, um, I would say my, my roles, like within my family, like I've always clashed because, and they always knew she likes the same seven foods and, mm-hmm. or like, she's not that I was picky. It was just like, I wouldn't, if I try anything new, like, it's just always mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, can, yeah. I just eat what I like, what I like. Can we do that? But it also became one of those where like I started, especially like this year, um, not many of us got together because of COVID, but I was able to sit in the moment with family. And that's probably one of the times that I had the most fun. My family had the most fun too. And like, I mean, 
I tried a little bit. It's not like I ate everything because I was like, okay, I still don't like this like 1 million percent, but I'll grab a little of something. So they don't, yeah. you know, and it, it became one of those where like, even I felt that I was like tighter to my family and that they were That's like, awesome. you know, we were all in the moment. That's so awesome. Like missing out on those experiences. Like you said, food is such a big piece in your culture and it's an expression of love. So that's really heartbreaking and probably difficult on like family relationships when you were, um, kind of denying that food or rejecting it or whatever. Um, like that's yeah, a difficult situation to be in and just takes you away from experiencing those relationships, but being able to experience that this past year or these past holidays is so great that you were able to feel more connected with your family because food is love it's connection it's community it's culture all of those good things and at the same time your preferences matter like you said there was foods that you didn't like and you're like yeah, I'll take a little bit of it but I don't really want to eat it that's very different than not eating a food because you're afraid of it yeah it's like and I think that's something that when you and I first talked about it was hard for me to like under or, or like really understand that like your food doesn't have to be it, it doesn't have to be systemic and then, I mean mm -hmm. it can be something where you can also allow yourself to be in the moment because mm -hmm. for me it was like it was the first time that I sat down and I was like okay like I'm having a conversation with family I'm mm -hmm. enjoying being in this moment and I feel like those are things that I didn't do before that I, I may have missed out on opportunities, you know, that, well, that, that they're not coming back on me, but I'm fortunate enough to have had this, this time. And especially during the holiday to reflect and say, mm -hmm. wow, like I sat down with family and enjoyed a meal mm -hmm. for yeah. the first time in like, in, in quite some time. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's like, we think, oh, we missed all of these years in the past, but a way to think about it is that now you're able to appreciate it that much more because you have been in this place where you weren't able to enjoy or fully experience holidays or meals with family. And so now like little moments like that mean so much more to you and just represent that food freedom. And so in that way, it's almost like, yeah, we don't really want to go through hard spots with our relationship with food but in that way it's a gift because now it helps you to appreciate those small things yeah it does and you know I think like now that you said it it's like the small things that I was missing out on too mm -hmm. you know where it's like whether it's like just like conversations like I was able to talk to cousins that I haven't seen in a long time so mm -hmm. it's just one of those that I was like man like maybe and these are cousins that I I mean it's it's been a while because of COVID but still yeah. like um I missed out on these opportunities because I was so worried about not eating and just like mm -hmm. me being on my own, doing my own, yeah. thing, just hanging out yeah. with the only relatives that I always hung around. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, more it was present. experience. It was yeah. almost like there was like some humbling for it for me too. Cause I was like, so stuck on, Oh, you know, so-and-so is unhealthy and mm -hmm. they're, mm -hmm you put labels on people that are also your relatives and that, mm -hmm. you know, to some degree, it's like, it, it humbled me to understand, like at the end of the day, like these are, I'm connected to them. They're connected to me. And, you know, we're all this of the same heritage, the same lineage. Yeah. Like I was missing out on opportunities. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there's that thing where like, when we're really judgmental of ourselves with our eating, then it's so much easier to put that judgmental kind of thoughts process onto the, those close around us and be like, oh, they're not eating the way that like I want to be eating. Um, and so, like you said, it's humbling to let go of that and to remove those labels from family members as well. Yes. Yeah. That was, yeah. it was good that it happened this year or last year. Sorry. It was, it was good for me. It was yeah. really good. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. So as we talked about earlier in this episode, you've come a long way with your relationship with food. Uh, again, I'm seriously so proud of you, uh, and all of your hard work, building a healthy relationship with food. It's not an easy task at all, especially when you come from a background like yours, years of dieting, being a college athlete, having those negative words spoken into your life. Like that's really difficult to build that healthy relationship with food and your body. So with that all in mind, how would you describe your relationship with food today? You've kind of done it a little bit already, but what were the tools, mindset shifts and, or behavior changes that have helped you to get there? There, there have been like so many things that I think realist well number one being a part of triad warriors and and and, and mm-hmm. you know you be my nutrition my, like my nutritional therapist mm-hmm. has been probably the biggest factor and i think because you obviously provide your clients with great resources like reading material mm-hmm. like um i've like this is like where is it it's right here somewhere i have like all the books you gave me but mm-hmm. there was like there were a lot of things that that i read about intuitive eating and I think one thing that stuck to me the most is like you know food is an experience Mm -hmm. and um I was missing out on experiences I was um missing out on truly nourishing and I and now that I look back I think one of the shifts and and, I mean I'm still a type three you know I'm still very much and threes are great there's nothing bad about being a type three (laughs) we are great but it's it's like boring eaters and that's something you realize I'm okay with like I as long as I'm eating I'm I'm, I'm, I guess I'm happy you know it's like my my palate is pretty limited um I like the same two fruits I just do berries and like a baby orange every other day (laughs) because those are the only two I like but it's like I've I've learned to accept that like I do like what I like, but I also know that I am the kind of an eater now where like, it doesn't scare me to, to eat or like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the word diet is one that I think I, I I definitely have changed my perspective on because I think diet has always been, it will, diet has always been associated with just thinness, you know, like you Mm -hmm. are trying to achieve a goal. Whereas, you know, the meaning of diet truly is like, just like what how do you do you eat how do you nourish yourself throughout the day like Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the the prior um experiences I had with food and wellness and even the word wellness itself it always dealt with thinness you know Mm -hmm. or that like um almost that triggering people away from intuitively eating like taking Mm um honestly almost making a profit off of you because it was like diet culture. You know, I, yeah. I, I shared with you the many types of dieting programs I've mm-hmm. 
I myself was a part of thinking that that would make me a, yeah. a better, more successful eater or like, you know, runner for that per, per se. But it like, mm-hmm. it really became for me an experience where like, I mean, you phased me out of tracking, but through tracking, I realized once I stopped tracking, this is who I am as an eater. This is my mm-hmm. identity. I yeah. like what I like, number one. And number two, I need to listen to my hunger signals. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's something that has improved dramatically for me. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll wake up and honestly, cause, cause you know, we have, you're probably the same. You have very early days. You wake up and the first thing you think about is like, oh, okay, I want my oatmeal. You know, it's like, or it's like, it's like <laughs> we have the same morning routine, Marina, <laughs> <Like> oatmeal. <laughs> I just have oatmeal. And then it's like, it's just, it's very, it's, it's repetitive, but like, you know, it, not th- there's no boredom to it there's no chaos there's no th- there's no negativity attached to how i eat now whereas mm-hmm. before when i was tracking when i was dieting when i wasn't hitting a certain amount of protein throughout the day it was just a task all the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. now it's like i eat because i'm hungry and my body mm-hmm. is telling me uh either you're hungry or you're hangry so it's like yeah. <laughs> one of the two it's like one of the two like we're not trying we don't want to be hangry so mm-hmm. I think I became better about understanding my emotions attached with food mm-hmm. um and you in the past I told you I would suffer with like like headedness or just mm-hmm. like um my mouth would be so dry because I was hungry that those were things I wasn't listening to before but mm-hmm. now it's like um, I'm better about, you know, I, I still, you know, I, I don't want to say accept like it in a bad way, but I still know that I'm a very systemic person mm-hmm. and that I attach systems to how I eat, but that there is no negativity attached to it. And yeah. that even if I eat at the same time, every single day, mm-hmm. I eat because I want to eat and it's enjoyable mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And that's a huge thing is like you said, you don't feel chaotic around food or have those negative feelings. And really that's what creates that healthy relationship with food is how do we feel about the foods we're eating? And you're in a place now where you feel good. You're like, my preferences matter. These are the things that I like. And I feel good eating these foods, um, (laughs) which is huge. And the thing also is that intuitive eating doesn't have to be separate from structure. Like we can have structure in our eating, especially you as a teacher, your schedule probably very much allows you to eat at specific times every single day. And Mm -hmm. that's totally fine. That's not a bad thing at all. You work with that and your body gets used to that. So even on your days off, I'm sure you eat at the same times. Um, And that's fine. Like structure can definitely be a part of intuitive eating, but you just having that better the way that you feel about food being a lot more positive, um, and being able to listen to your body. Those are all huge things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I think it, it takes a lot of like, not like self-discipline in a way of like you have to eat, but Mm -hmm. like you have to be very disciplined mentally and not disciplined, but you have to be very, uh, accepting of the fact that your body does talk to you. It really, really does. It's Mm -hmm. not like, you know, we didn't just 
talking for like almost like an hour to just <laughs> we can talk forever it's fine we can talk forever. but it's like it truly is one of those and honestly you made me realize that your body does talk to you it does tell you when it is hungry mm-hmm. and it is okay for you to listen to your your hunger mm-hmm. signals because it's something that I was like out of tune with for such a long mm-hmm. time honestly this was like a 10 year thing that I wasn't, mm-hmm. I tried everything just to feel that I was eating correctly. And mm-hmm. now yeah. I think it's, I'm at that point in my life where it's like, I don't track and this is the best I've felt in a very long time. So it's That's awesome. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Now it makes sense. <laughs> That's so awesome. That makes me so happy. Um, and honestly, you keep saying like, oh, like love triad warriors and like, sure. Yeah. I was a part of your journey, but you put so much hard work into it mm-hmm. and I can't make you be connected to your body. And so I was just always impressed with, I would tell you like, or I'd give you, you know, resource or a worksheet or some tips of what to practice in the week. And you'd always do it. So it was really you who improved your relationship with food. I was just there giving you the structure. (laughs) I needed it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, Marina, you're awesome. And is there anything else that you'd like to add? I think, yes, and definitely, you know, for anyone that's like listening to to us today or, you know, whatever day they listen to us, um, I think it's important, especially for, for, for women, we, regardless of our age, you know, we, we live kind of in a society where certain body types are glorified or like certain Mm -hmm. foods are deemed as this is what will get you to your fitness goals and, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with goal setting, you know, Mm -hmm. goal setting, you know, that's, that's totally valid because life is about goal setting and and, and you achieving your urges. But I think along those lines, like, you know, I hope that listeners understand that, especially female, the, any, any woman that, that is listening to us, like food, food really should be something that it's, it's an experience for you. Mm it's a good experience and that you understand that when you're hungry, it is not a bad thing, you know, that it really is your body telling you to eat. And also Mm -hmm. just because you are listening to your body, it also doesn't mean that you still can't go out and do your activities that you like to do. Mm -hmm. Like if you, whatever, you know, sport or recreational activity you do, obviously you do that, but you do need to nourish yourself because Mm -hmm bodies break down and and also like for again for being a woman I think it's okay to be accepting of the fact that sometimes there there's a lot of a lot of negativity attached to food and women Mm -hmm. and that it makes us look a certain way but um if we can actively work on knowing that listening to your hunger cues is not a bad thing Mm -hmm. and that it's just us being in tune with our body and with nourishment in general will be, will be in a better place. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. Not being afraid of listening to our bodies and knowing mm-hmm. that that's not a bad thing. That's such great advice. Like, it, cause it was, I think, and, and, you know, honestly, you know, you, you mentioned it, I was kind of upset for like two weeks cause I wasn't going to track, um, <laughs> but it, it truly became, uh, one of those like experiences where, where I mean now it's like, 
okay, it, it, it's not that bad because I've been doing the same thing I was doing when I was tracking. The only mm -hmm. thing that I was attached to was, quite frankly, an app. I was yeah. attached to yeah. something telling me something that my body was already mm -hmm. telling me to do anyway. Yeah, you were attached to the certainty of the app that mm -hmm. like you had this thing telling you if you did good or bad. And like you said at the beginning of the call, needing that external validation of doing good or bad as a type three. And that app provided that external validation that like, oh, I'm doing good or, oh, I failed today. Um, but learning that we don't need that external validation and we can let go of those crutches and of those, those tools um, is really where that freedom happens. Yes, yeah. I, I agree that and that food freedom, I think it's, it, I hope that women experience it and, and that we aren't afraid of what food freedom means, because it's not mm -hmm. like you're just like, it's, it, it, it's, it's something that I can't even explain it. But it, it once I became attached to not attached, well, yeah, I mean, attached to actually eating, because I was so detached as an either. Yeah, as mm -hmm. an either. Mm -hmm. Once I became attached to knowing that I can listen to what I want to eat to, I, I truly like freed myself from any like prior, like negative connotations that food had mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just such an amazing place to be. It's like chains are off. Like freedom is the word for it. Like yes, I know that is. experience. There's no other word for it, but freedom, um, which is so great. Oh, it's been great. It's been probably like, this has been probably the, the best, the, the time that I felt the best too. And my hair's grown healthier. It's, it's a, lot, awesome. a lot of good going on. <laughs> a lot of good going on. Great. That's awesome. Uh, cool. Well, so we talked for a long time, so I'll wrap it up here. I do have one more quick question though. This is one that I'm asking everyone on this season, just cause I'm want to see what the differences are between personality types. So what is your favorite food? Ooh, okay. I'm a breakfast person and I literally just do like oatmeal. I love oatmeal, <laughs> oatmeal and peanut butter and like a banana. We're like best friends. Like those that's are my so awesome. Yeah. I, I'm really curious if that's like an Enneagram three thing, because when Adam and I first started dating, he asked me my favorite food and I said, oatmeal, banana, peanut butter. So, <laughs> so Full question. Do that on my stories. We'll Those see. Those are my three. I'm telling. If and then if I if I'm really exotic that day, like I'll add like um like chia seeds or like yeah. I'll add I'll yeah, add some I'll add like berries to it or so, if I feel yeah. exotic. Yeah. But those are the three. Like the, <laughs> breakfast is like if I don't have breakfast, there is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Cool. Well, that does it for today's episode. Thank you everyone who listened to the episode and we will catch you on the next one. Bye.